making jokes. And she goes, yeah, like a soda cracker Jesus. And I was just looked at her and she goes, is that a band name? to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Regan, I hit the record button. Hi, welcome. Tell us about you. <laughs> How's that for an intro? <laughs> so so what part of me do you want to know about? Where, where do we start? What, what oh do you- my gosh, we could bounce around. That's a really good question. Uh, let's talk about Soda Cracker Jesus because Okay. I have been playing my anthem on heavy rotation. <laughs> and I it's funny because that's a really catchy tune. And I really thought you were I haven't liked a video for a song in a long time. And I and I'm not saying this just because we're talking to each other, but yeah. I actually this is cool. I have pieces of Tacoma. I recognize this. It's my hometown. Yeah. So let's talk about that how did soda cracker jesus happen and then we'll work our way around your music okay yeah well well strangely all right had we we had come to a point where people were wanting to do other things and i wanted to do other things and i'm like the real honest thing is like i don't want things aren't forever so that idea maybe when i was younger i'd go we're not going to play anymore. We're, we're going to, you know, we're done. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're just going to do some other shit and we'll see what happens later. And everyone's like, cool, let's do that. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I have these crazy conversations with my big brain kid. And we are going to get every Saturday we do uh, Papa Murphy's and we watch whatever show is on right now. We're doing Loki. It was WandaVision before that. That's just, and we were talking about beliefs just because she doesn't believe in God, which, okay, here we go. And so we're, <laughs> we're talking about how people find uh, hope and faith in weird places. And we're making jokes. And she goes, yeah, like a soda cracker Jesus. And I was just looked at her and, and she goes, is that a band name? And we're kind of joking about it. And I'm like, and so then I almost chickened out because I thought, oh man, I'm going to offend somebody. I go, but no, it's not. It's not meant even to be offensive. It's just that idea that you can find crazy, you can find hope and faith in whatever you want it to be. Right. So that that was the initial concept. And then for me, the other part is um, I've been re- I've always recorded, but I've been recording on my own uh, through learning with other people um, for about four years. And so right. it was a chance to go, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to make myself get better. And so that was the start, the little two minute song. I was like, cause strangely is doing these seven minute friggin' right. You know, long form we'll call them. Mm-hmm. And so the music that I grew up with that I, that I started when I played in baby knockers was, you know, sex pistols, Ramones, um, anything British that the damned all of that. So that's where that came from. I was like, okay, I'm going to write two and a half minute songs because people, whether they know it or not, it's hard to write two and a half minute songs and have it be concise and have a thought and get in and out. It's to me, 
it's real standard to do a four and a four and a half minute song. They just kind of, oh, there. But I didn't want, I wanted to cut all that stuff off and just have it be this, just like really concise. So mm-hmm. that's where it started. And then, so based on that idea of going back to that punky kind of stuff that I dig, I was like, well, it's got to be black and white and it's got to be fast edits. And I, mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, let's just go downtown. And my buddy Cedric, he's added the color and all that stuff. Cause he was like, can I do that? And I, and I said, dude, the reason you're doing the video is cause I write songs, <laughs> right? You know, okay, all right. so y- you do you. And I go, and if I hate it, I'll tell you. And so that was the story of it. You know, that just, it, it, it started with just the idea. I'm, I sh- I want to do something into it. Just kind of morphed into. I knew exactly what I wanted it to be. So, so I'm going to pause you because I want to re- I want to re- rewind a little bit here. Okay, so first okay. off, you, you said you're big brained kid, mm-hmm. and she's how old? Twelve. So okay, so you got a twelve year old big brained kid, and she comes up with this soda cracker Jesus, and you yes. got, you're thinking I might offend somebody. Yes, my brain connected. Have you ever watched the show called Louder Milk? I remember the name. What is it from? It's a it's a show. It's called Louder Milk, and it uh-huh. takes place in Seattle. And the main character is a substance abuse counselor, and he's just this snarky <laughs> asshole of a guy. Okay, and but it's funny. Mm-hmm. So there's this scene, and I was looking over here. So if you saw me looking away, I was trying to find it on my computer. I was like going to. So he's he's he. I'm going to rip this scene apart, but your your daughter's thing this is where my brain went so he's walking past these two guys with big beards wearing plaid jackets skinny jeans and big boots on uh-huh. and he goes are you lumberjacks and they go no and he goes time travelers <laughs> we're musicians asshole i'm reading what it says here well uh, and then he, then he goes well i hope the band is called the tri the time traveling lumberjacks of the confederacy and that's your story. And I laugh. Well, so anyway, the series goes on and he was a, he was a music critic and had substance problems. So he got, his life fell apart. He, he's now a counselor. Right. Uh-huh. And so, but he was a music critic. And so he's kind of getting back into writing again. Yeah. And he's kind of critiquing music and somebody hands him a CD. He goes, Hey, this is my cousin's band. And he looks at it and across the, in, in Sharpie, the time traveling lumberjacks of the Confederacy. So your story just triggered that in my brain because oh my God, who beautiful. knows where the band name comes from? You know what I mean? It's yeah. brilliant. It just lightning strikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I love that first song. And then your next single, I like, I like the first one better. I'm just going to tell you, you know, if I have to pick, you know, I'm going to yeah, say my anthem. Good. It really, uh, but, but I like the lyrics of, Drug my soul. Uh huh. All my friends are spreadsheets. That just kind of, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. We do spend too much time behind screens, don't we? As, as you and I are sitting here behind our screens talking. Um, but see, this is the part of technology that's beautiful because, right. you, like, I think you live in Yakima, right? Or, or, Wenatchee. or Wenatchee. Wenatchee. But you see right. what I mean? It's like, this yeah. is beautiful. That, right. that idea is, is, it comes from people that do this. And it, and it started during COVID last year. All right, I've just cleaned house. I got rid of all the racists. And I was like, no, you didn't do anything. You just took names off of a spreadsheet. You didn't fix anything. You didn't make anything better. You're not improving things. 
only actions do that. How you like if you vote or you get out and and you know what I mean. Uh, right. And so and and it and it's both ways too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I got rid of those Trumpers or I got rid of those Biden, and it's like you're not doing anything. And and right. and, and so that's like my pet peeve is like I don't go into that, but I also. I'm very clear that I have 10 friends that are, I can count on friends and they know I would do anything for them. That's real world stuff. Probably like you and Wansley, you know, Wansley's your bro, you know, I mean, but I have all of these acquaintances and I don't pretend it's anything more than that, you know, and I try to be respectful. And also I would say I learn things from them if I keep an open mind, Mm -hmm. but so that was that that was the basis of it is that uh, and it came also my kids on this a lot and she's learned a lot. But I've also seen her on TikTok on a Saturday for six hours. And I'm like, dude, are you still on that? And she goes, yeah. And I go, you remind me of me when I smoked weed. And she goes, what? And I go, I go, it's kind of like a drug. And she's like, is it? And so I just try to point it out to her because, yeah, you know, kids, she's, she, she wants, uh, she wants to do what she wants to do. She doesn't want me to tell her she's on it less, but we don't bring it up right now because I'm not (laughs) like, I'm like, Hey, see, I told you, you know, but I don't know. I hope that makes sense, but it does. So you released two songs. Yeah. What's kind of next? I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you, Hey, what's next? And you're like, I'm not really going to talk about it, but Hey, what's next? <laughs> um, <laughs> is there something coming up? Are you going to, are there more songs coming from you? Yes. I I have a awesome. song. I have a song that I'm just now finishing up. It's called kill it tomorrow. And, okay. it's, and, and it's so I'm, I'm time wise. I'm here. You know, you have the timeline <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm at the, I'm at the end. And like I tell friends, you know, if I could squeeze another 20 out of this bitch, I'd be grateful. And so one of the things though, and I've had some conversations with good friends in the program and stuff like that is this, this guy, John, John, uh, just a really good guy. And he's like, Regan, just don't look back, man. He goes, it just slows us down. And that was, and so the idea was, I just made the song like, the past is so boring, I'm going to kill it tomorrow. And it's about like doing my best, I'm going to kill it. But it also Mm -hmm. meant like each day, I'm going to kill that yesterday by what I do today. So I don't know, it's just kind of like a a forward thing. I just, it's really important for me to stay in the now. Um, Okay. You know, it's just something I work at, I guess. It's program stuff, but, you know. Sure. But that's what's well, now next. I feel now I feel bad because I'm going to ask you to go back in the past. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's so, cool. No, so, so let's talk about, so how I, well, if we go way back to your, your start, but let's, let's not go there. Where I first found the newer version of you, let's say the newer version, the strangely sure. all right version was you and Ray were doing Strangely All Right TV. Yeah. And your first episode was with my friend, Wands. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching this. I'm like, who are these guys? <laughs> They're in Tacoma? What the? And I thought I thought the name, Strangely All Right, I, I thought it was really cool. 
Yeah. I didn't know it was a band. Uh-huh. I just thought you guys were doing this, this YouTube show. Yeah. So then I find out you've got this band. Yeah. Strangely. All right. And let's talk about that. How did that all come about? So the band itself started, um, uh, I went, when she was born, when Sophia was born, my daughter was born. I was that guy. I was like, okay, I'm getting old. I'm not going to do music. And I was selling gear and stuff like that. And people like, dude, don't do that. You're going to regret this. And so, um, and then what happened, uh, my wife and I, we both were doing a lot of meetings and I had like nine years sobriety. And a long story short is I stopped going to meetings and I started thinking the old way I did. And I ran into a guy who, and I, it was like, Hey, my back is hurting. He's like, Hey, do you want an oxy? And I was like, well, yeah, one will be fine. I've been sober for like 10 years. And, uh, six months later, you know, um, I, went through my 401k half of it and my wife had left and it was like this. uh, And so that's when I really um, had no lurking notions that I'm that guy. And so I started that trip back into recovery. And one of the things was Bill Bungard, the photographer called me a few times. He's like, dude, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And what he meant was playing music. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, okay. Okay. So, um, so I, so I, I get my sponsor and he hadn't played bass in 25 years because one of the things that happens to people that get sober is they connect things from their past to, to drinking and drugs. So he mm-hmm. played a lot of music when he was getting high. So he gets sober. He's like, Oh no, I can't do that. And I was like, no, man, it's been 25 years. You could play bass now. Come on. So we started just in, in my bedroom just starting. And then I was doing counseling with my wife, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to, we we were working it out. She, she decided to come back because she saw the the things that I didn't see in myself. And um, we went through counseling and all that. And then that's where the name come came from because someone asked, Hey, how did your counseling go? And I said, it was strangely all right. And it was just like very like, off the cuffs, dummy kind of stuff. And and then of course I do those, what? Oh. And so that's where uh, the band name came from. Just man, the people, you know how people do that though. Music people, there's band names and song titles and everything. It's th- oh, so yeah. weird. It's just silly. It's fun to hear the stories. It's, you know, it's fun to hear the stories. So, <laughs> so, why how did it how did you guys come about with the the format of the band and all i okay. mean it, let's it, let's so it's let's so, go there it started with a group of people um my old keyboard player from stripes robert he, he was just kind of helping out jesse stopped by and then i found a, a a couple of players lee gregory played with me for a minute and uh when the band started to become what it is now was uh, somebody told me that Sean had gone through just what I had gone through. Like now it's a couple years Mm -hmm. and they said, Hey man, you should call him. So I did. I was like, Hey, I'm just making sure you're okay. You don't know me that good. And we started talking and I just had that like intuition and I just called him back and go, Hey dude, you want to, you want to play with me? He's like, 
yeah, let's do it. Cause we're both sober. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things is like-minded people and especially for drug addicts, when they're first getting clean, it's like kind of good to be around other clean people. So, um, actually Ray came before that. I take that back. Ray was doing a, a show and we, and I asked him to do it. So Ray was in it in the fold. And then, so anyway, Ray came in and, and, and filled that void. And he was like a really good keyboard player. But when Sean came in, it just changed the chemistry of it. And I was playing guitar too at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had a little section where Troy Moss came and played with us. And okay. uh, that didn't work for it. Well, I can't say it didn't work. He had a lot going on. And after a year, he was like, hey. But what happened was uh, I had set the guitar down and I went back to being a front guy. And that's okay. really what I like doing. So after that, after Jason, um, Jason came right after Sean. Once that was set, it's been the same guys for five years. And it's kind of okay. like a little, not kind of, it's a little family. You know, I can't say there's no kind of about it. And right. uh, so that's, I mean, that's the backstory of it. But for me personally, the, the key part was having Sean join the band and, and in terms of just our chemistry and the writing and stuff. So we don't normally talk about specific dates because hopefully these episodes are useful, you know, at some point in the future. But you guys are playing a show in a few weeks here yeah, yeah. in Ording. So let's talk about that. How did, how did that come about? And what can, cause we're, my wife and I are going to really try to make that show. Cool. Um, yeah. So we really trying to, to work. The, we are trying to make up for in as short a period of time, the lack of music that we got to see being <laughs> performed during the pandemic. And so, yeah, um, we're going to go see um, the goal is, um, Mark Pickerel is playing in Walla Walla next Thursday night or something like that okay. with the lead singer from Built to Spill. And so I'm going to go see that. Oh, cool. And then, yeah. And then this Ording Rock Festival is coming up and you guys are playing there and Chris Jones band is playing there. And let's see, there's that. And then there's, and then anyway, the goal is we're going to try to make up for. Yeah. At least that's my goal. She doesn't know this yet, but it's my goal to, uh, <laughs> oh, she's a willing participant. She, she, she lets me drag her around uh -huh. no, that. Well, to show. So, um, anyway, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. so, careful what I say these days. Um, but what can I expect to see? Cause I'm reading this and it says, would you like to join us at the Ording rock festival on July 17th? We'll go on about seven. And when in musician speak, I'm figuring that's like eight 15, but no, seven o'clock. Uh huh. Flaming red hair and makeup will be included and yeah. love will be in the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, what am I going to see? Well, that picture is, is, is the character that I I've done the last few shows. And Sean okay. told me, Sean's like, Hey, I'm going to dye my hair red. And I go, ah, go for it. And, uh, okay. so, so, and I mean the set, I talked, I talk at these shows and one of the, I talk about love. I talk about inclusive. I talk, I, I get people to, to react to it. And that's the goal okay. is to have people feel like it's like every show that I do, the idea is like, Hey, we're connected. And whether you know it or not, we're connected and I'll do stuff like, okay, everybody clap. 
and I'll clap with them. I go, look, we disconnected and people kind of laugh, but I keep, I keep selling that. So that's right. what it is. And then, um, I don't know. I was thinking about having giant beach balls or something to bounce around while we're playing. And so, okay. yeah, it, it's kind of a theatrical thing. I, I will say. So that's cool. what you can well, expect. Be, yeah. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be fun. And while so I, this, but oh, oh, no, well, while I have a chance on that bill is a band called Stargazy Pie, and you'll have to look them up. And okay. they are they're kids that I mentored in the Ted Brown program. Their oldest kid is 17, 18. The youngest is 14. And uh, Sean and I produced their their first EP, their first album. And, okay. and they're really good. They're they're okay. they're the kind of kids like I told them, I said, look, they said, man, we so appreciate you you coming and working with us. And I, and I tease them because they are good kids. But I say, look, uh-huh. I go, you guys are good kids. I go, but if you sucked, I wouldn't be here. And they and they they're like, really? And I go, yeah, probably. I said, you're really good because they're at that age. They're like, are we are we really good? I'm like, yeah, trust me, bro. You're good. So. Just Stargazy okay. Pie. Check them out. I will. I'll check that out. All right. Cool. So let's go way back now. We're gonna we're gonna jump back to the, my first public. And I've, I've I've I know I've seen you. I didn't know you, and you didn't, didn't know me. But we have been in some smoky venues together. You know, shared space and time. <laughs> okay. Um, baby knockers. Yeah. And stripes. So. I read an article, I read an interview with you that came out last year mm-hmm. and, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said you were a, a shy kid. Yeah. Okay. I, I can sit and talk to you. Like we're on the phone right now and yeah. I can, this is good for me. Yeah. Put me in a room with more than two people and I begin to withdraw into myself. So I have this, this issue. So I, I'd really like to ask you if you're a shy kid. Uh-huh. What, how did you, because now you're a, a dynamic, vibrant performer. How do you flip that switch? Um, it will, it's like anything. It's, it's, it's a logical progression. And so, okay. um, and so when I, I was starting to write songs, probably 13 or 14, just like, and uh, about the time I met Denny Porter, like in ninth grade, and he walked up and he's like, hey, I heard you play. And I go, yeah. He goes, want to make a band? I was like, yeah. You know, and we both oh, like wow. the Beatles. But uh-huh. so here's an example of where I was in my head at that time. I'd written a song of my grandfather had passed and I had written a song about it. And I showed my mom and then everybody's over for the wake. And then my mom's like, Regan wrote a really beautiful song about grandpa. Do you want to play it for him? And there's only like 12 people in the room. And I was freaking livid. I stormed out. I was like, I'm not. And I was just so freaked out. Oh, my God. No, it's like it was my private personal thing. And so then we get we we get in baby knockers and we get Kevin and Denny and I are doing our, you know, he's Brian Jones and I'm Keith and all that. And there's something about having the guitar on and being it's like. It was, it just started to change things. It became the safe place. And then, and then I worked with Kevin and I watched a guy who said whatever came in his head, unfiltered. 
crazy stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so w- once in baby knockers, they let me do like, uh, what's the Van Morrison song? Uh, Lo- uh, Gloria. Okay. It, yeah. And because we didn't have enough songs, I did like this Springsteen talking bit in the middle. And so, okay. I, and I just started gradually getting better at it, I guess. And then, and I think it has to do with confidence too, because when I joined Stripes, it was Jesse's like, Hey, um, do you play bass? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you do now. You're going to be our bass player. And I was like, oh my God, dude. And so he's like, you can do it. And I was like, okay. So, and then we got Fawson and then I became the front guy again. But so it was, it's something that I've just had to um, gradually work at. And then the reality is being on stage is pretend. It's pretend. Right. And, um, if you and I were hanging out and it was just you and me, I'd be good with that. But what happens is I put on this and I've gotten really good at it. Um, it's just like a shiny me for groups of people. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, my wife always goes, how come you never remember anybody's name? And I said, because they're not part of my life. It's just like these drive-bys. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm always polite. I always things I've learned, like, so what do you do? What do you like? Now, I don't talk about me. They can ask me and then I will just silly things, mm-hmm. but I have these little cues that I do. But, and then, um, if you, if we're hanging out and we're friends, then it's just normal. And I'll talk about anything, you know? Right. You know, so I don't know. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. I mean, it, it does help because, well, okay. So, Ray put on that event at um, Jazz Bones, uh-huh. and you and I had talked, and, and there was a possibility you were going to go there. Right? Yeah. So that would, and it didn't work out. Okay, fine. And I was going to go by myself. And Ed, my wife, said, "You know, I, I finally said, you know, I was like, do you want to go? And she's like, yeah, okay, I'll go. And I'm so glad she did because there was, you know, 7,500 people there. Yeah. And I was. Going, I was gonna, and I haven't been around people all that much, you know. I mean, let's, you know, but well, no, even that though, I'm, but I got there and Ray, Ray is nice and Troy Moss came over and we were talking. Everyone's friendly. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's nice and friendly. Yeah. But I'm sitting there going, um, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here quietly and try to blend in, you know, and I'm not exactly a small human being. And I'm like, how can I fade into the wall? And so my wife was like, okay, now, you know, you need to talk to these people. And and I got to talk to some great people and it was so much fun for me. Yeah. But I can't, I don't talk like I'm talking right now where I'm, you know, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm sitting here having a conversation with you and had you and I met for the first time there, I, I would not be as conversational as I am right now. Yeah. That's because we're recording and I have to talk. Otherwise it'd be a really weird podcast if the host didn't say anything, but you get the idea. <laughs> no, I totally so, get it. <laughs> well, so I'm going to, so I, so I love to ask musicians some of these questions. So I'm going to ask them to you. Um, we'll go, we'll go baby knockers and stripes and then we'll go present day. Okay. 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 So as a musician back in the day, mm-hmm. Washington state only, coolest room you played as a performer like the where's the venue that you thought this is really cool what was a cool room a cool room um 
<sighs> we did, dude. And once again, I was so, I, I know, I was so impaired. So we opened for the tubes up in Canada. Up, uh, okay. we did two shows up there. It was probably a thousand seat thing. So we did uh-huh. some cool shows there. Um, we played uh, not in Washington, but we played in in Osaka and, and in Tokyo. We did some really nice clubs that held right. like anywhere from three hundred to a thousand. And so those were cool gigs. Um, right. What else? God, that's an interesting question because um, if I'm really honest, so much of that stripes thing for me, now that I see it clearly, I was fucking miserable. Not with playing music, not with them, with who I was. Um, okay. I, I wasn't a very good friend. Uh, I was, certainly wasn't good with women. I, I wasn't nice or kind. Um, I'm, Dude, I missed 20. I love Christmas. I missed 20 Christmases because I was a drug addict, you know? So okay. all of that stuff, um, I may, I'll, I'll think about that and give you an answer um, at some point as we continue to get to know okay. each other. Cause I honestly, well, that that's, that's fascinating. I'm like, yeah, I don't think about that shit that much. <laughs> so I, so I'll tell you, like, I think back about seeing, seeing bands in the Tacoma area back in the late seventies and early eighties. And I, I think of things like the back 40. Oh yeah. Or, or, um, the shipwreck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and then I think about over, did you ever play, I can't remember. Did you ever play in Ellensburg? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play the ranch? Did oh, you ever yeah. play the ranch? Yeah. Yeah. See the ranch. I mean, that was, that was my, that was my yeah. college. I'm childhood. sure I was backstage with you. Cause that's where I met Michael. Yeah, I'm probably, yeah. yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, we were, we've been in the same, you know, yeah. venue. Um, you know, I've seen. Anyway, Astor Park. Um, I, oh, we there played, you go. That was really yeah. fun. Astor Park. There was yeah. some great shows there. Um, some. Did you, did you ever play Parker's? Um, yes, we played. I was trying to think who we opened for there because it was a really okay. cool show. It was one of those. Uh, uh, Eddie Money. I did a weird oh, wow, show okay. with Eddie Money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. yeah, that's what I see. And then, so the, my flip side to that question, which you may answer in the same way you did the first part, is where do you like to go see musicians play? Like, where's a cool room to see bands? Um, I, I I don't do clubs that much. I just don't. I you know, like yeah, like I told you, Ray never asks me shit like that because he knows. Mm-hmm. And I just been honest. Right. I'm like, dude, I don't drink you guys drink. And I said, as much as I love you, as soon as you're sloppy, I'm irritated with you. And I said, that's just weird. I said, I know it's judgy. I said, but come on, man. And I, but if you really need me, I will, of course, I'm not going to drink or relapse or anything. I'll love to support you. So that's, of course he said, Hey man, I could really lose. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Cause he doesn't ask about everything. So he's a good friend that way. So, but I, and I'm, I, understand, I understand, but we love concerts. We're concert geeks. Okay. You know? So, so what's the Washington say? You can only say shows you've seen in Washington. What's the coolest show you've ever seen ever in Washington? Okay. Ever. Oh, well, come on. Oh, come on. Stones in 72 was the stones in 72. No. Amazing. No, yeah. That was amazing. But so was you too. I mean, okay. I, I saw you too. Right. We saw, we just, we saw Prince at the Tacoma Dome, oh. Prince in a little in a chair doing um uh, 
Huh? I mean, Prince blew ah, okay. me away. Uh, I never saw. We're him. such we're such we're such geeks. We saw Katy Perry. I took my kids to Katy Perry, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Um, okay. Um, uh, my Chemical Romance is coming up. My kid, we're, whenever they decide to do it. Uh, okay. Weezer at the Puyallup Fair. My daughter's got her first Weezer shirt. You know, so oh I love that stuff, man. So shows that those kind of shows, uh, Kravitz with Aerosmith. Uh, oh, gosh, okay. I, I've seen Zeppelin twice uh, with Bottom. They did those two years at the Kingdom. Um, uh-huh. I saw the Who. I, I saw the Who twice. I've seen Kiss three times. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. so anyway, I I have a friend of mine who's. Looking, he'll be probably listening to this. So, you know, he's seen he's seen the Beatles multiple times. He saw the Grateful Dead in Seattle at the Eagles Auditorium while sitting on the floor. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, and I, he saw Hendrix, and I'm like, my life is just shallow. No, it's not. You know, my life is just shallow. <laughs> I kid because I I've seen some great shows too, and I've seen wonderful bands, and and you know, but still, to you know, I've saw I've seen I saw the Dead. I don't know. 50, 60 times. So, you know, I've, I've, I've got that t-shirt. I've got lots of those t-shirts. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. But I never, you know, Hendrix didn't get to see him. Didn't get to see the Beatles. I didn't, I was not as, as, as a youth, I didn't get Zeppelin. It, yeah. I just, and I really, to this day, do not like stairway to heaven. Like it, if it, it gets skipped very quickly in, yeah, my, in my yeah. world, but I would go see Zeppelin if I had a chance, but Robert Plant came and played in Spokane in 2019 at this venue that holds like 3000 people in Spokane. And I said, I want to go see him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really listen to much of his music. I mean, his solo stuff from the eighties. Yeah. But his stuff with uh, Alison Krauss Alison and, Krauss, and, and yeah. all of that stuff, I didn't really listened to it. Knew, you know, kind of on my periphery. So Edie and I go, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? He was phenomenal. His band was insanely talented. And how old is he? In his mid-70s? Yeah, he's got to be. And he he didn't do all that much. I'm not, he wasn't like running around and, you know, making a, you know, being an energetic young guy. But he had the room in the palm of his hand. And I was so in awe of his showmanship. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So that was, that was, a, that was one of my later, like more recent shows because, well, we had to take last year off. Um, <laughs> and he was. But you know what? That, that just gave me goosebumps because there's just certain performers that just have that thing that you can't, you didn't even have to hear any of his records, you know, mm-hmm. and, and oh. to see it. And you're like, oh, Oh my God, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, I probably knew 25% of the songs he played. Yeah. I mean, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have, I didn't know. I just said, I want to go see him yeah. because I might not get another op- yeah. option. And I, we went and saw Bob Seeger on his last tour. Uh huh. And it was interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't the performance that plant provided. Sure. But anyway, 
yeah, that's a trip with, with, with performers that are older. It's always kind of sad. And it's happened very rarely that you see him on the, a little on the backside. It's kind of mm-hmm. happening to McCartney right now with his voice. But I mean, I mean, come on, you wrote yesterday and, and let it be. I guess you can do what you want. But he gets a pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, back to Zeppelin. The One of the major things I ended up liking about Zeppelin was that Jimmy Page, I find out, is a producer. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then I go and then I go back down that rabbit hole. And he played on Tom Jones. It's not unusual. And he he, right. he played yeah. guitar on Donovan's Hurdy Gurdy Man. Him and John yep. Paul Jones were session guys. And so mm-hmm. all of that made all of the records a little cooler for me. Because I was like, oh, and you hear the layering of the guitars and the production. Um, they, mm-hmm. they for sure weren't my favorite band. And if I'm really honest, one of my best friends at the time, Jim Cook, I'll never forget this because you're so excited. Bonham's going to do a drum solo and you're 18. And I look over and my friend is passed out. I mean, he's literally drooling in his chair halfway through the solo. I'm like, dude. Mm-mm-mm. And drum solo, that was like the end for drum solos for me. I was like, oh, they're just, ho- they're so horribly horrific. Five minute drum solo, I'm in. 40 minutes, come on. <laughs> Well, that's like, have you ever seen the Grateful? Did you ever go see the Grateful Dead? No, no. So, so you know, they always had this drums in space thing where uh, Mickey and Bill would come out and play percussion for 20 minutes. Yeah. And that was a really good time to go to the bathroom. I mean, it just, <laughs> yeah. it just, it just lagged and it just, anyway. Yeah. Some people love it. I lost on me. Yeah. So let's, so you do, you, you're producing music these days too. Yes. And I mean, recently your name got brought up by, by the, the, the great connector, Raymond Hayden. He he seems to be, he seems to be the glue in my world right now, as far as gluing pieces for my, it's, it's amazing. Um, But his grieve the astronaut. Yeah. And he was praising you. Um, I was watching a live stream of him and Sirke playing on the piano and you, you kept being acknowledged. I really don't know how to describe what a music producer does. So if I don't know how to describe the job, I'm hoping somebody else will <laughs> like this, will like this answer too. And it will help somebody. What if let's just talk about that song. Maybe can we, Oh like, yeah. what did you do as a producer? What did you do? What did they give you? And what did you give uh, them back? Okay. So Ray had written that song and performed it like two years before. And he had an arrangement and the whole thing. And I, I told him, hey, if I'm going to work on it, let's make it us. Let, let's make it be this thing. So we rehearsed it, and he let me change the instrumentation and the vibe of it um, with, with the chorus. I revamped the chorus. Same melody over the top underneath, though, um, the instrumentation. And then um, I guess I basically just tried to add the stuff that I do. So what does a producer do? I mean, there's different levels of it. Sometimes producers just let the band play. They record it. They might have an idea or two, but he let me arrange it. He let me play bass. He, uh, he was okay with me arranging the vocal ideas and the keyboards. I played all the keyboards except his main one. And so in this case, it was, uh, a chance to basically revamp it. And I, 
and not to disrespect the other version because the other version's beautiful, but to modernize it a little bit, you know? Okay. Yeah. So that's it. And it was good practice for me um, to work with somebody else's stuff. Um, And it's nice that he trusts and respects what I do. So, um, yeah. Okay. Hello. (laughs) Where's he? So. Hi, buddy. The young kids that you are helping, you're mentoring. Yeah. And I want to I want to make sure we talk about this Ted Brown thing because I want to bring that up. But okay. what did you do for them when you when you produced their their EP? How what how involved were you in that process? Okay. Did you just let them quote unquote roll tape or no? You do? No, uh, because I mentored them for three years. When they first came in, the the main songwriter was kind of like, "Hey, I want to write songs. I think I got some good songs," and so he, um. I helped arrange their 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 first three or four songs, and then okay. by the time they got to the studio, they were starting to arrange their own songs, which was always the goal. Um, hang on one second, my cat, my cat's gonna drive me crazy. Give me one <laughs> second. Sure. Okay, buddy. Come here, buddy. There you go. <sighs> It's funny how life is just life. You know, there you go. (laughs) There we go. So um, by the time we got to the actual album that they wanted to do, um, they had been working with me for three years. And they went from, you know, like best new band to best song two years in a row, best guitarist, best drummer, very talented kids. And they work hard at it. So, and Mm -hmm. then it was more about, see, the end goal for me as a mentor is to say, I'm showing you this so you can do it and take it and run. And that, and the other thing I always let them know is these are just, this is the way I do it. It doesn't mean it's right. So you might want to go this way or do it differently. And, and that was Mm -hmm. the thing, but the goal always is like, you guys take this and run with it. I don't want to, you know, my, my idea is not to like constantly control you or teach, you know, I want to teach you and off you go. And so Mm -hmm. when we got to the studio with me and Sean, we just helped them with small things like, Hey, let's replay this. Hey, let's do this. Can you hear this? This is a little out of time or this note is a little flat. Can you hear it? And that's the point is like, Hey, cause obviously we don't want it to go out and be sucky because we produced it. But in, as we're, well, just being honest, but no, no, I'm, I'm laughing. Cause I, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is as we're going through it, then I ask them, can you hear what I'm hearing? And then they hear it. And then I hope that as they grow, they'll recognize, Oh yeah, I'm a little off on that at my time. So that that's my approach to mentoring, I guess, is to, is okay. to just give away what, what I've kind of gathered through the years. That's that's awesome. The Ted Brown program mm-hmm. for somebody who's listening that might not know who Ted Brown is. What I'll tell you what I think of Ted, what Ted Brown is, and then you'll 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 either correct me or you'll add to it. So Ted Brown, when I was growing up in Tacoma, mm-hmm. Ted Brown was the music store that if I was an orchestra, or I would go and get my you know music sheet music from, rent an instrument. Yep. Okay, and it was kind of. Yeah, it was just the local, I, I you know, like for band, like yes. school band. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it for like rock band type stuff, but 
that's my, but they're, they're in Tacoma. They're Silverdale. I think Yakima, Mm -hmm. Richland. I mean, they're, they're a a good sized company. And then I saw, so am I I kind of right? But they've got other stuff too. I mean, they they sell, right. Um, But so you're in, you're involved with them through this mentor program. Yes. Yes. So how do kids, I mean, how did these kids get involved in So let's go through two sides. First off, how did you get involved with it? And then how do the, how do they get the kids involved? I mean, where are the kids coming from and okay. where are the mentors? Yeah. How I got involved with it was, of course, Raymond again, his wife at the time <laughs> was the director and is like, Oh, Hey, we need a mentor. Would you consider doing it? And I was just like, Oh, I don't know. Cause I'd never done it. And if I'm really honest, part of that is fear of the unknown, you know, Sure. Are they going to like me? Am I going to suck at this? Blah, blah, blah. So I do it. And I'm like, oh, my wife's like, you're kind of rejuvenated. You like this. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, I do. So that's how that started. And then it just became like, they're like expecting me to do it. And and like I told them, I said, as long as it's fun and it feels right. But as soon as I feel like, man, then I won't because I want to be able to give. I want to do it 100%. That's all. And so. Okay. um uh, so that's how it started. Uh, now I had blinders on for three years. So this is like my first year of kind of like looking at the big picture. And that's partially because my kids in it. And that's a whole nother story that happened, you know, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll do this first. Um, so what it is, it's for kids 12 to 18, any, okay. any musical, you, you, if you're just starting, if you're if you've been playing for a while, it doesn't even matter. If you haven't even played yet, they'll we'll okay. they'll that's like come on, we're gonna and the and the idea is to show you what it takes to be in a working band. And and so the kids get first they get uh they get put into bands based on their abilities. They they all do like little what what do we call them? Uh, auditions. And so they okay. get graded, so to speak, and put in so that they're in like-minded, um, you know, like the good players are with the, and, and the more newer players are with the newer players and they get to do four shows. Um, they, they learn about obviously working together w- with other kids, different ideas. Uh, they get to find out about, stage plots, uh, moving gear, being part of something bigger than themselves. Um, everyone, they all have different tasks that happen. Um, they learn about songwriting, stage etiquette, um, uh, stage presence, you know, all of these things are like little classes that we do throughout the thing. And, and then just like anything, um, I've seen this the last three years. There's, you know, the first year I was in it, there's probably 50 or 60 COVID crushed it, you know? And so okay. there was probably 20 this year. There's 25. Cause people are kind of like, are we doing this? But right. nevertheless, you probably get out of, you know, those 25 kids, you might get 20% that'll keep doing it. You know, some okay. it's just like kids passing through doing karate or swimming or soccer. And it's cool. I get it. You know, and, and it, some kids are truly going to be musicians. And some kids, you know, sadly to say, it's, you know, uh, 
maybe their parents just don't want them to be stuck at home. You know, I don't know. But it's a, okay. it's a good opportunity. Um, like I told my 12-year-old recently, I said, there's going to be kids better than you and there's going to be kids worse than you. And the goal is to be kind to everyone. You just you need to learn to have grace for people that aren't where you're at. And so that's the kind of teachable moments I take for her anyway. But the other kids, too, you know, um, I, I guess for me, this thing is about music, but I know it's bigger than that. It gets them a chance to do some life stuff and, you mm-hmm. know, de- yeah. deal with people maybe they don't agree with or rub them wrong and all that shit. So, yeah. So they joined the program. You, you've been working with these this these kids for three years now. Yeah. The, this one band. They're right? out. They're out of it. I've got. They're out. I got a new band now. They're, yes. You got a new band. Yeah. Okay. So th- that band is out. And did they know? Did those kids know each other before they got started, or did the did the program kind of? So they didn't know each other. No. So they got kind of paired together. Yep. And their and, and their collective chemistry and that thing that makes mm-hmm. people hang out. It was just like really easy. And I was like, hmm, they could be a band. And about six months later, they're like, no, I take that back. I'm jumping way ahead. At the end of the program, they said, hey, we're going to stay together and be a band. We're thinking about working on songs, um, you know, in the fall. Would you still come hang out with us? And I'm like, yeah, you know. And so, yeah, but they just knew, you know. Where so was does Ted Brown provide the like practice space for them yep. to do this? Yep, and the PA. Okay, and uh, yeah. So you go to a Ted Brown location. Yep, yep. And you spend time with the kids. Yep, yep. that's very cool. Now you mentioned earlier your daughter's in it this year. Yeah. So and what does she what does she play? And well, my kid, or, she plays. Well, she plays piano. She plays ukulele. She plays a little guitar, but she's re- okay. she wants to be a singer, and like, but this never came up. The Ted Brown thing. She was just like, "Hey, Dad, I want to sing," and I said, "Okay." A lot of her teachers, because she's still kind of quiet, they don't hear her. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is, um, they teach her just what they want to teach, not like, "Hey, what would what would inspire you to you know," in simplest terms. So Circa um, does voice lessons and I called her and I said, Hey, would you, I'd like you to do this. Would you like to try it out? Yes. And I said, I go, so you have to hear her. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, she's into Nirvana. She's into the New York dolls. She's into, you know, and I named all these bands and I said, so you can teach her breathing and all that and all that singing stuff, but you have to work with her to sing the song she wants to sing. She's like, I can do that. So first rehearsal, first singing lesson, we walk out and she goes, your daughter could be a rock star, dude. Have you thought about the Ted Brown program? And I'm like, no, I never, I didn't know. And my, my daughter's coming out of her skin. Can I do it? Can I Uh do it? I'm like, yeah, of course (laughs) you can do it. I said, I didn't know you wanted to. And you, and she said, I didn't know I wanted to. So that's where it All started. Right. So here we are. I got a lead singer on my hands now. So, uh oh, watch out. So <laughs> I got to ask, how did, I mean, I'm guessing, well, I don't know. I don't want to guess. New York Dolls, Nirvana, she's 12. Yes. Um, that's a little before her time. Yes. Yes. 
did did you guys expose her to it? How did she? I mean, not that you know, Spotify's got everything. I mean, we can listen to anything on Spotify. But how did she get here? Um, That's cool. Yeah. So all this. Let me just tell you, like in the last three or four days, what's up on the wall? I got. Okay. I got Bob Marley just came up. Uh, we got John Lennon and the Beatles. A picture from '56 of Elvis. We've got Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> We've got the offspring. We've got Arctic monkeys. And this is what she says. She goes, I like this poster because it's when they did their new, their old stuff. She goes, they're too slick now, Dad. And I'm like, okay. Um, and a big Kurt Cobain poster. So, so I exposed her to the Beatles and the Carpenters and weird stuff that my wife hates. <laughs> and, and she kind of find her found her her own thing and then that led me to show her the bands that influence the band she likes so that i get to bring out the clash and that's the new record now and so which which one which clash the first one with the uh i fought the law Uh, yeah yeah. it's a great record (laughs) a great record I, I, one question I ask, and I won't ask you because I I, I think I, I'll ask you. It's a really hard question. I'm going to give you one record CD. You can you can name the genre of it. Like, do you want a cassette? That's fine. Eight track? That's fine. Yeah. Album CD? I don't care. You can only take one record with you for the rest of your days. Only one record you can listen to. Okay. Is there one? Yeah, probably. The white album. Yeah. See, for me, for me, mine's London Calling. <laughs> okay, mine's the white album. Yeah, mine's London Calling. I there's a little bit of everything on that yeah, album. That's a great record. And I, yeah, it's a great record. That's <laughs> <laughs> that for me. That's like, and the white album's a brilliant album as well. Yeah. I mean, I just hope that world never comes that I can only listen to. I mean, that I can only have one record. Yes. Um, hey, Mister Downer. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, I really think this Ted Brown mentoring thing is very cool because I think kids will really benefit from having somebody who's into what they're into, who's been there before yeah, and to give them solid advice. I think that's really, really cool. And I hope your daughter flourishes and is a rock star. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Well, or whatever she wants to do. I mean, you know, well, what she really is, is a writer. And what I mean by a writer, like her, her, she, she got straight A's this year and she was, she's in um, advanced everything, any English paper, they say, we'd like you to write a story. It only needs to be like 300 words. And my daughter's like, ah, dad, I wrote like 4k for this. And I'm like, dude, and because she's like, I can't tell stories. How do I get the detail? And she's just like adamant, like irritated. You can't tell a story in 300 words, dad. That's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay. So I tell the teachers, I'm like, hey, this is kind of her thing. And they accept it. They're they're like, oh, she's pretty darn good. So, So we'll see where it goes. It's like she's done karate swimming. I just, I just go, if you're, if there's a smile on my kid's face, I'm good. You know, we go. we'll see. So I'll ask you this question. I, I'd love to ask people what they do for fun and excitement when they're not working or playing music in your case. <laughs> what do you, what do you and the family? I saw in your Facebook, you guys were thrift shopping earlier today. So yeah. you were out, you were out and about. 
But what do you guys like to do for fun? What's what's fun for you guys? What's fun for us? Um, well, we're big movie and Marvel geeks, so we do that. But for us, um, we we do these kind of bigger vacations every year for the last 20, probably, no, 18. We At spring break, we, we go down, my 24-year-old first and obviously now – and we have a lot of traditiony stuff that we that we like doing. Um, uh, we went to Hawaii two years ago, so that was, and we we kind of do that. Um, we're pretty stay at home. Um, I love just doing the music. My wife's social. Um, I am not, and I tell people it's good. I call her the social director, and I just tell I just say, hey, dude, what are we doing? Because I've learned that if I have my choice. I won't go to anything because I hate it. I, 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 know, man. I just hate it. I hate. And another thing I tell her, <laughs> just thinking of this is no more than six people. I go, cause as soon as it's eight or 10, somebody gets left out and it's weird. It's like, there they are down there. And I'm like, Oh, and I've been that person at the end of the table kind of going, well, this is weird. Why did I even come? You know? So but yeah, we we do vacations. Uh, we're going to go to Florida to see my sister in October. Uh, All right. August this year, we've got uh, we're going down to Ocean Shores for a couple of days. But we're I promised my daughter last year, and I failed epically. Uh, we're taking the telescope up to the backside of Mount Rainier to to see the stars away from all the light pollution because she's all into all of that too. Okay. So that's kind of, you know, that's the stuff that we like to do. And in between, I just write music, you know, have you ever taken her to the observatory? That's is in, is in Goldendale down in central South central Washington. No, there's a big observatory down there and I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But if she's into that, if she's into that stuff that you might be able to piggyback that onto the, the telescope off a Rainier thing. Oh, cool. Thank you. It can't be that. It can't be that. Too much farther. I mean, it's still in the state. Yeah, exactly. Are you? Uh, do you drink coffee? Yes. Where's a great place to go to get coffee? Um, Starbucks. <laughs> Look, I I have a button over here that will be like, uh, 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 but I don't know which one it is, so I don't want to push the wrong button, so I won't do it. <laughs> that was a joke too. Um, okay, we actually okay, got we no. we got our first. Uh, my mother-in-law, uh, my wife's mom bought us for our birthdays because mine's the 27th, 9th of November. My wife's 27th. We got one. When you're married, you get the group package. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I we know. got our first, <laughs> what, what is it called? The Keurig? We got our first Keurig. Yeah. So I get Safeway French roast coffee and I feel like I'm like rich or something. I'm like this, this fabulously rich fucker do you drink a coffee <laughs> oh my my i try not to use our keurig too much and if my wife listens to this she'll go you drink way too much keurig coffee but mine is the safeway italian roast that's the one i go oh for. my god so, but, but i'm a but i i i drink a lot of pour over stuff and you know small small roasters i like coffee has coffee has replaced other things in my life that I like to go and try. Nice. 
good for you. you know, so <laughs> yeah, I drink way too much of it, but you know, you know, it's okay. Well, I want to respect your time and get you going so you can go write songs or something, but what I'll give you kind of a last word, but where can people listen to your music? Where can they find out more about you? Should they want to <laughs> tell them where to find you? Well, no, what I'm saying is they want to go find out more about what makes you tick and all that. Where's a good place or good places to hear your stuff and learn more. Um, well, Spotify for both strangely. All right. And soda cracker Jesus. And he, both okay. bands have websites, strangely, all right.com and soda cracker Jesus.com. So, um, wow. yeah, go figure. And, uh, yeah, huh. <laughs> but those, um, that that's where to find it all. Yeah. You know, okay. it, do you think, do you think he'll perform so- Soda Cracker Jesus music live, or is this just going to be more of a like a a writing project, a studio thing? If I can get Jesse to play with me, I'm going to play. Now you okay. you know who Jesse is, right? I do, and can we talk yeah, about this? Yeah. So so this is what I think of Jesse. He's like Sasquatch. Everyone talks about him, but nobody sees him. <laughs> and that might be might be true, but that's I mean. So yeah, what's what's going on in his? Let's ask a question about him. What's going on in so, his world? How's well, that? what happened was uh, the guy who masters my music. He's a he was the best man at my wedding. His name's Todd, and he said, "Hey, I'm working on a song with Jesse. Um, uh, I'm doing some mixing for a project he's in." I was like, "Oh," and then it was one of those things. I was like, "Hmm, it feels like I'm supposed to call him. I haven't talked to him about ten years." So I just, t- okay. I look and there he's still in my phone. So that's a good sign. And I texted him and he called me like four days later. He's like, Hey man. And so we just started talking and it was like, it was like, it was yesterday. It was just that easy chemistry, cynical outlook on the universe, laughing about everything that we find funny. And so then we've been talking and, uh, I was like, hey, man, I'm just going to cut to the chase. If you'll play with me, I have a feeling people will come and see us. And otherwise, I don't think I'm going to play live. He's like, oh, okay. So um, what he's doing, and and this just like, so you can, he is kind of like Sasquatch. But <laughs> he is easily like the best musician, guitar player I've ever worked with. Now, and this is an example, and he doesn't talk about it, but he's like, Oh, he goes, he goes, I got, he goes, I got this thing with my brother, Mark up at jazz alley. He goes, we're playing two nights. And it's, if you look up Mark seals, he's a pretty big deal in the jazz world. And he goes, so Mark's going to have me play two nights. And he goes, it's going to take me all of August just to not fall on my face. And I'm like, and he, so he starts talking about all these different things that they do. And I'm just like, dude, my head's going to explode. You know, I'm, I'm working on three chord songs, but um, he, so uh, up at jazz alley um, to be playing with great jazz musicians um, and a sold out show at jazz alley. That's says enough to me. I'm like, really? You know, I mean, that's just crazy to me in my world. It'd be like, no, that's not happening. So I've, I, we have good chemistry and uh, on a simply selfish, weird note, um, he looks great. He takes good care of himself. 
And I was like, dude, we'd look great together on stage. <laughs> well, I don't want to look shitty on stage, so come on. I love it. I love this. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but it's in the realm of possibilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That'd be exciting. I think, I think seeing, seeing those songs performed live would be a lot of fun. I think it would reach a, I think they both play really well. Something about something about my anthem though, that video just, I I wonder like reverse engineer how you guys did it um, from a camera. And I'm not a camera guy. I'm like, how drone, Anyway, I just oh you know, you yeah. know what it is? It's it's a three sixty camera. It okay. That's all, and it's just really simple stuff, but it creates that that illusion of of a drone and stuff. It was so fun, and it was my first experience with it. And uh, so it's actually my camera. I was like, hey man, I want to do something with this. Can we use it? He's like, sure. So what the heck? All right. Yeah. How long did it take you guys to film it? Um, one, a day, like four hours. And then we lost some of the footage because it was new and we forgot to save it. So we did another Uh-oh. day for, so maybe six hours of shooting, just running around Tacoma, okay. you know. Okay. And it was fun. That's that's kind of cool. I've had numerous people. I even, even had people from uh, England review it and talk about it and say, talk about Mount Rainier and the Tacoma Dome. And then, of course, that ties in for them about the history of, you know, Nirvana and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's really neat that that connected with a lot of people just because to me it's home. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's all cool stuff. It's crazy. I take it for, I, I see it on my way to work every day. Yeah. You know? it, when, so I grew up, I, I grew up, I went to Franklin Pierce high school. So, you know, kind of the area that I, I grew up in and, you know, Mount Rainier, when the clouds were covering, it was like, yeah, that's the mountain. Yeah. Whatever. And so when we move over here to Wenatchee, we don't see the mountain anymore. And so it's really, it's really kind of weird when I go and I see the mountain, like, Oh, it's the mountain. But when I lived there for 50 years, it was the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. The mountain. Yeah. Now it's all oh, the mountain. It's really weird what you take for granted when in our lives. Yeah. No, that's, so. that's a good point. Um, we've talked about that as a family, when we're down on the water, we were just down there. Mm-hmm. We, oh, we went to our first movie. We went and saw uh, Cruella, which was super How was amazing. It? Just amazing. Okay. I, uh, and it was set in England or in London in the punk, like the mid seventies. So it's punk music and she's kind of, it was just really fun anyway. uh, um, But we were walking down the water and I look at my wife and I'm just like, we always forget, huh? And she's like, yeah, we just, it's like, what do you want to do today? What do you, I don't know. And we could just drive down and there's the water or, you know, or go 90 minutes is the ocean or, Mm -hmm. We're actually probably by your own stomping grounds. I'm out in Parkland. Is that where you were at? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of park off a of Canyon Road. Okay. Area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, the mountains here, and we can sit in. Yeah, you, could be, can, you could be in Rainier. You could be at Paradise in an hour. I and know, half. man, and it's so yeah. funny. Or, or Ocean Shores in an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. But that we mm-hmm. we every occasionally, you know, throughout the year, it'll be a moment where like, yeah, we how can we forget? 
Like, cause it's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. You know, Jesus, there's shit to do everywhere in this, in, in Washington. And that's kind of one, one of the things why I keep doing the, the podcast and our website and all our other stuff is like, it gives me, well, it forces me is the one way of putting it, but it gives me the opportunity to go look around our state and go, there's really cool stuff here. Yeah. And there's really cool people everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. And everywhere. And it's really interesting to connect with them, listen to your story, have a conversation with, with, with you or, or with, you know, we're writing an article about somebody, you know, whatever it yeah. is, it's, it's this, this is an amazing place on the planet because you can literally go see the Pacific ocean you can go see the tallest peak in the 48, you know, you, hmm, all sorts of stuff. You can go see the desert if you want. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend coming to Wenatchee. It's a little hot right now. Not quite as bad as it was a few days ago, but the sun st- stopped being our best friend for the little bit. <laughs> it was 115 degrees here, man. It was just, brutal. <laughs> oh, beyond, beyond. I couldn't even comprehend it. So. <laughs> I thank you so much for taking the time to make this happen. We're going to put some links so that people can listen to your music and see the videos. Cause they're very oh, cool. Thank you, man. And I, you know, I think this Ted Brown thing is very cool and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys here in a couple of weeks at the time of this recording. I don't know when this is going to come out. It might be late after that. It's somewhere in that general window. Um, I'm not looking at that right screen to say when this is going to publish, but we want to come and see that. Ordin, oh, that would be uh, so rock fun. Festival. You can be... meet my family yeah. and, and all the band guys. That's going to be, I, I really hope you can yeah. make it. That'd be cool. I just don't want to meet that Ray Raymond Hayden guy though. I just, yeah. I've heard bad things about him. Look, what we call him is the bearded bastard. So he'll talk your, he'll talk your, <laughs> he'll talk your, he'll talk your ear off, man. Well, he's yeah, but he's a great. I mean, in all seriousness, he's a great guy. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you for having me, and thanks for the the fun conversation. It was really good. I appreciate it. All right. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.